Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. Brumbaugh, heat check three. It looks good. It is good. Nine points for Brady Brumbaugh. He's getting hot. To the pros. Huskers come after him, block the ball. It's picked up by Hartsog. Malcolm racing to the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. On the move is Cousins. Create space, shoots, score! Tried to poke it home, and Cartier hit it off the iron. And now the Kraken scores with Yamamoto on the reload. And this is for the win. He slips on the field goal attempt. Does it get through? Yes! Turner hits a drive, deep left center field, and the Phillies strike first again. Trey Turner, a solo shot. Schwarber, a high drive into right center. He's watching. It's flying. Goodbye. Schwarber strikes again. Alec Boehm as he lines one left center. That ball's well hit, and it's down. This is going to bring in one in Schwarber. Harper right behind him, and he will score. A two-RBI double for Boehm. And good Wednesday morning, everybody. We're back on the Morning Blitz on 1025 UROC, AM 730, Fox Sports Tri-State. Of course, also online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. It's always great to have you with us no matter which way you are doing so. 49 degrees to begin your Wednesday morning on this October the 18th on a way to a high of 72. So going to be a, about a 10 degree, a little bit even more than that drop from yesterday as temps got into the mid 80s. Temperatures are going to stay in the low to mid 70s here on this Wednesday and pretty much for the rest of the week from what I can see. As always, we'll be part of the Morning Blitz. We'd love to hear from you through our text line, the number 785-899-2222. That's the number part of the Morning Blitz here on a Wednesday program where we'll have Brett Clough, head coach of the Weskin Coyote football team. He'll be joining us today. We'll get to talk with him. His team not eligible to make the postseason under the case guidelines until next year. But his team having a phenomenal season, only one loss so far. So their regular season going to wrap up here uh, this Friday. But a great start, uh, a great season for West Ken Coyote football. And so Brett Clow, our good friend, will join us and talk a little bit of six-man football coming up here uh, in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, we will get to our college football Power 5. It is a Wednesday. Oh, man, a great weekend of college football for you uh, football fans out there, a great weekend. Some phenomenal games, and so we'll get to all those coming up here in our third segment. Uh, Want to kick the show off, though, congratulating the Colby Lady Eagle golf team. They are state runner-ups uh, yesterday, shooting a 723 combined two-day total. Uh, they finish, I think, what is it, 12 strokes back of Silver Lake. Oh, sorry, 14 strokes back of Silver Lake, who end up taking home uh, the state championship. Good to see them get themselves a, a state title uh, for Silver Lake. They've come close in basketball, but just haven't gotten it done there. Little rib shot. Uh, nonetheless, Colby gets a silver plant medal, seven twenty-three. Uh, come in second place there behind Silver Lake, 
Anna Starbuck had a really solid tournament, ended up finishing in second place as an individual. She shot a two-day tournament low of 160. I mean, that is a really good score. When you think about it, two consecutive rounds of 18 and you shoot a 160. Some people are happy if they shoot 18 holes and barely crack 100 to get to 90. To shoot 160 over two days is very impressive. Anna Starbuck goes out, uh, you know, not at the top, 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 but really close to it. Uh, she's had a phenomenal career, phenomenal career for uh, for her golfing. Uh, and then Logan Nolan and Natalie Widerski, you know, the big three of Starbuck, Nolan, and Widerski for Colby. They've carried them all season long. They did it once again to place in second place. Uh, Logan Nolan uh, would finish in eighth place. Natalie Widerski would just get inside the middle uh, with 19. I think the top 20 earn a medal, and Widerski got 19th. Uh, Goodland's Alley Cure in Rollins County's Amelia Cure also placed as individuals uh, yesterday. Or sorry, Amelia Bowles, not Amelia Cure. Alley Cure and Amelia Bowles, Rollins County's Amelia Bowles, uh, finished as individual placers. Bowles placing 7th, 12 over par. Cure shot 20 over par for the tournament and placed 14th. So once again, you had Colby taking home. A team, some hardware, a second place finish, and Amelia Bowles finishing in seventh individual, and Natalie Cure, the sophomore from Goodland, finishing there in 14th place and bringing home some hardware as well. So I'd say overall a pretty good two-day event over there at Heston for uh, for area golfers. Very, very good showing, one would say. And it was it was a great tournament, too. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, how... In the team standings, it was really a four-team race for three spots, first, second, and third. It really was because there was, you know, really, really close. It ended up being pretty close too. And you know, it's once again, it's those, you know, it's those one putts instead of two putts that can really help you out. There's plenty of other things as well uh, that help give you that little bit of edge to to take a second spot over a third and all that. And so, uh, congratulations to Colby. Their great run of golf continues. Um, they'll have another good season next year, one would think. I mean, Logan Nolan thinks only a junior. I don't know what Natalie would I think she might be a senior. But Logan Nolan will be back. So they'll have another good run. But when you lose a, a player like Anna Starbuck, like I said, who shot a 160 over two sets of 18 holes, uh, that's a hard piece to replace. In fact, uh, it's very difficult to replace. But uh, I think Colby will have, continue to have a really good season. Uh, next year, and, and I think Goodland's on the rise. Once again, they had two girls, the Cure Sisters, who are both underclassmen, finish inside, you know, make the two-day cut. Tori Jones and Fortune just had a bad day one and didn't make the cut for day number th- day number two, but she's a girl that's that's had great success and is only a sophomore, so Goodland is certainly up and coming uh, when it comes to girls' golf over the next couple of years for sure. But Colby's had a great run, especially with Anna Starbuck leading the way, and they once again take home a runner-up finish at Heston yesterday at the 3-1A through Girls State Golf Tournament. Uh, other quick local sports from yesterday. Uh, there was a triangular between Triplanes Brewster, Shylin, and Heartland Christian. Shylin would go 2-0. Uh, Heartland Christian would go 1-1. Triplanes Brewster 0-2 last night. All those matches ending in straight sets. Uh, and then tonight you've got Colby Community College Volleyball. At home hosting Hutchinson, so Lady Trojans look to uh, look to find a way if they can beat Hutchinson, one of the top teams uh, in their in their region right now. We'll see if they can get that done. 
Uh, there was some other news yesterday out of Kansas State football. I don't know if anybody else saw this, but Kansas State football and Chris Kleiman uh, talked about how they're going to plan on going forward with with two quarterbacks and going to use Avery Johnson and Will Howard. So pretty much says that you know what we're gonna we're just gonna burn that red shirt year and we're just gonna play him because the, that gives us the best chance to win. That's fine. You know you got to do that. But I always go back to that old adage. You know, it'll, you know, hey, if you if you don't have if you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one. So here's the thing that stands out to me when you make that announcement. Look, we all know that Avery Johnson is a freak athlete. We know he's an amazing runner. I think he's an okay passer, but that to me, it's either it's either Chris Kleiman saying, you know. We're being nice, and we're you know he's probably not said that. We know we're being nice to Will Howard, and we're going to fade him out here over the next couple of games. Or you know when we need to throw the ball more, we're going to put Will in there, and we're going to run the ball more. We're going to put Avery in there, and you got that's a slippery slope to be on. You don't want to be one of those teams that tips your cap more times than not when you have a certain player playing in a certain spot. You want to be a team that's that's able to. Do both, throw and run the ball, but you don't want to tip your hand in order to do in order to do so. So that's something to keep on. You have your running quarterback and you have your throwing quarterback for Kansas State. And Kleiman did say that he did say that you know they're going to list Howard and Johnson, which Howard Johnson is kind of funny we put together uh, like the hotel. But anyway, the state they're going to list them both as starters against the Horn Frogs of TCU this Saturday. But there's going to be the amount of playing time each will receive will be finalized a little bit later this week. Once again, I go back to, though, that's fine. You know, it, it, that to me says, well, it depends. If we're down and we got to throw the ball, that means Will Howard. And if we're needing to run the ball, we'll put Avery in there. And I'm not saying that Avery Johnson's not a good passer, but once again, you can come and impact the game as a freshman with your legs. You can, if, especially if you're a freak, which he is. If you're elusive and quick uh, and can run and fast and you can do all that stuff, that's something that you can bring to the table right away. That's why you see a lot of running backs come and play a lot as true freshmen at the collegiate level. And all they have to do is they need to just find a way to pick up the pass protection, but in some systems that's not as important. But that's why you see freshmen get a lot of opportunities because they can be great, elusive, tough, fast, quick runners to make guys miss, and they can get opportunities to play lots. You don't see a lot of the quarterback spot because you know you gotta know the whole offense. You gotta know where to go with the ball when it's passing situations, and so that's where Will Howard has the advantage. He is more seasoned in that spot. Avery Johnson will learn that over the years to come. But yeah, you know Avery Johnson is—he's a freak, especially when it comes to running the football. But what will happen when Kansas State has to throw the football? And there may be an opportunity against TCU that may happen. TCU can put up points. They can put up points. So interesting to hear they're going to go with the two quarterback system going forward. Not totally surprised. But I always go with, you know, hey, if you have two, you don't really have one. So there we go. Some news out of Kansas State football camp yesterday. Uh, I had a buddy of mine text me last night. He's a big baseball fan, a big Braves fan. He texted me and he goes, how are you doing? You know, because me being the Diamondbacks fan, watching the Phillies route the Diamondbacks last night, 10-0 to take a 2-0-0 lead in the NLCS. And look, I'm fine. I'm not I'm not mad. Anything I've said before many a times, and I feel it definitely now, anything the Diamondbacks do now is gravy. And right now they're playing the hottest team I think maybe that baseball has seen in a decade. 
The Phillies, if you've watched any of this series, you don't even have to watch it for very long. You can just see that this team is absolutely on in fuego. I mean, white hot. Everything they go up there and see is a beach ball, and everything they, they're swinging with is like a cricket paddle. They're just absolutely hitting the tarnation out of the ball, and they're, they've got great scouting reports on opposing pitchers, and they are executing it to perfection. Sometimes you just run into a team that is, maybe not it's, it's just not better, but they're just at a point in time in their year where they are just white hot, and that is where the Phillies are right now. I don't know if any team can beat them. I don't know if the Rangers, if the Astros, if they meet up in the World Series. I just don't know. And I'm not saying the Diamondbacks are completely done, but here's the deal. If, if you're going to put out this fire, if you're Arizona, you're going to have to first and foremost douse it with some water by getting up early in the first inning. That means you got to put a couple of home runs or runs on the board in the first inning to get yourself feeling better. And then, after that, then put yourself back in a spot where you know, then you go out there and you snuff out that fire with some good pitching. Which, once again, the Diamondbacks threw their, their their top two pitchers got to throw their number one and number two, and they both ended up with losses. Merrill Kelly pitched great last night, but if you don't get a lot of extra run support, that's hard. And also give credit to Philadelphia pitching; they're they're pitching phenomenally as well. Really, really good. No free passes, nothing really great to hit. They're they're on they're on fire right now. Phillies are absolutely on fire. Maybe they'll cool off with an off day. Uh, no game today in the NLCS. They'll play again in Arizona starting on Thursday night. But there is American League Championship Series action tonight. Rangers and Astros. Texas up 2-0 in that series. It returns to Texas after two road wins there for the Strohs. Or sorry, for the Rangers. And so we'll see if they can take a 3-0 series lead. That's tonight, 6-7-5 Mountain Time. Just saw a stat this morning on Get Up. Teams that go 2-0 in the American League Championship Series in a best of seven, or maybe it's just all in best of seven. Teams that go up 2-0, 84% chance to win the thing. So right now you're looking at Phillies Rangers for your MLB World Series. At least that's according to the statistics. We'll see how it all shakes out. So once again, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not upset. It's all gravy. It's all gravy. This Diamondback team is a year or two ahead of schedule. If they can find ways to bring in some good starting pitching, and sorry, develop some good young pitching, maybe bring in one more experienced arm. That would be big. Bring in another piece in the lineup. Tommy Pham has been, unfortunately, not very good in the postseason. In fact, horrific. Uh, bring, in some, uh, bring in a little bit more work in the lineup department and then bolster that bullpen up with a few more extra arms. You're going to be in great shape going forward. There's still some work to be done in the offseason and through trades and free agency, all that stuff, With if you're Arizona, and you just got to continue. You're ahead of schedule. You're ahead of schedule. It's been a great showing, but you're ahead of schedule. Continue to work on getting better, and you'll be in a much better spot in the next year or two. That's my opinion on that. Okay, uh, one more stop here before we get to a break. Uh, the NFL had big meetings yesterday talking about and talking about all different types of rules. Uh, you know, the NFL... You know, I don't know, rules committee gets together, the owners get together and, and talk about certain different certain things that are on their minds. Um, the big thing, of course, comes back to turf versus grass. That's what a lot of the discussion was about because people are concerned because of players having injuries on turf. Look, it's it's scientifically proven. Injuries happen a little bit more on turf than they do on grass. 
But here's the thing. Turf is a little bit more cost-effective than grass. At the same time, you're a billion-dollar industry in the NFL. A billion-dollar industry. And you're telling me that you can't afford to put grass in every state? I mean, that's the thing. They're trying to get to uniformity. They want it to all be the same so that each playing surface is pretty much the same, which I think is kind of silly. I kind of, you know, once again, this is what I like about college football to an extent, and, 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 and pro football still the same, but, you know, you get the different playing surfaces. It's that home field advantage. You know, Notre Dame growing out the grass so tall so that Reggie Bush can't get going very fast. And when USC was rolling with Pete Carroll, remember they grew the grass up that tall? I mean, they do it all the time. They do it at Purdue. Uh, they've done it at Northwestern. They just let the grass grow really tall for some games. And then some places, you know, they've got that beautiful shortcut grass most of the time in the southern states. You know, you'll see it at Oklahoma or stuff like that. I, I love that kind of stuff. Different surfaces make it fun, and then some places just have turf. Okay, fine, so be it. That makes it kind of neat. It's a little bit of an advantage for the home field and for the home team. They know their surface better. There's a home field advantage. There's an advantage to being on in a place you know better. But everybody wants uniformity so that it can all be the same. We can prevent these injuries. Look, injuries are going to happen no matter what surface you play on. May it prevent a few of these? Possibly. But injuries are going to happen. No doubt about it. So, like I said, I I don't really care. Turf, grass, whatever you want to put out there. Injuries are going to happen. It's a sport that injuries happen. And, once again, I think it's kind of unique to have different surfaces at different spots. It gets a little bit of advantage to the team that is at home. I mean, if it, if it was my choice, of course, you know, I would have like a fairway grass type of field, you know, beautiful shortcut grass. I wish my lawn looked like that, but it doesn't. Uh, but I wish that for sure. So that was a big topic of the NFL owners meetings. Uh, they also talked about the new kickoff rule, which has produced 80% touchback rate through the first six weeks. And I just love how uh, Atlanta Falcon McKay said, nobody league would say that that's successful. <laughs> because he goes, uh, you know, we've done a good job of getting rid of the high collision rate. And reducing concussions. But we've made it more of a ceremonial thing than it should be. I mean, it's true. Once again, this is where the XFL, the USFL come in. They're trying new things. The XFL method, one where, you know, you you kick the ball off. But, you know, both teams are kind of starting about, what is it, 25 yards in front. Like five yards apart and 25 yards in front of the return man. Might even be less than that. Um, And so like, they're going to have to make some changes. Because they've completely gotten rid of the kickoff. They really have, um, so they got to find a way to change that. And they've talked a lot of different things. Uh, guardian caps. Anybody ever seen those guardian caps? The big caps with the bubble. They look like big bubbles on their hats. Those things. I tell you, they might be coming to your football, uh, your football team quicker than you know, because head injuries are down forty six percent with these guardian caps. I just can't imagine. You know, can you imagine? You know, how are you gonna? make the helmets look like because you know the helmet is a helmet it's a great identifier like when you see that chief's arrowhead on the side you know it's the kansas City chiefs you're going to cover that up with those with those uh with those guardian caps how are you going to show the logo with these bubbly looking guardian caps 
that's I, I just I don't know. I, I, that to me would take a lot of that would take a lot away. I know it's safer. At the same time, you're taking away some of the things that people identify football with, and that's the helmet. Kind of weird. We'll see. They also talked about the tush push and other things. They also talked about how they were gonna, you know, because the Olympics has allowed uh, flag football to be an official sport going forward, and the NFL is talking about how can we get and allow some of our players to play in the Olympics in flag football, which to me seems interesting. And then I was driving in uh, today listening to ESPN radio, and they were talking about putting together the ultimate flag football team, which I'm glad they started with the most important player that you'd have to have on the flag football team, and that'd be Tyreek Hill. He's one of one. You have him on the field, he'd be amazing in that scenario. But yeah, there's... All this stuff going on with some meetings yesterday in the NFL, uh, talking about all kinds of great stuff. We'll see if any of it comes to fruition. Uh, We'll find out more in the coming months and years. There you go. A few of the headlines from yesterday. All right, uh, let's get to a break. When we come back, we'll have Brett Cloud join the program. We'll visit with him about Weskin Coyote football. And coming up a little later on, we'll have our college football Power 5. Like I said earlier, folks, a great weekend to get your popcorn or whatever you like to enjoy, your chips and salsa, your chips and cheese, Sit on the couch and watch college football. I'm sorry, you've got a great, great lineup coming up. All right, right at the bottom of the hour, Brett Clow next here on the Morning Blitz.